You're listening to the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Christine, certified life coach, pain to power mentor, and creator of Embody You Mindset Mastery School. I'm here today to discuss living life after disease, disaster, or adversity, to discuss living life fully once again, a life of hope, peace, and resiliency, a life fully embodied. I utilize the lessons that I learned going through not one, but two primary cancers. I'm here today to guide you to the life of your dreams, turn your pain into power, and lead you back to yourself. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. Today I want to talk about rising above depression after trauma or turmoil. And using that word depression can be a really big turnoff for people. They don't want to feel depression, they don't want to admit they have depression. Or perhaps they are the opposite. They feel so stuck in depression that it has defined them. It's become this this word that describes them. So today I want to talk about rising above. And first off, a lot of people say that once you have depression, that it is a chronic disease. And... While I believe that that can be true, I do not believe that it is always true across the board. There are reasons and seasons for all things in life. There are times when we are low. There are times when we uh, have been low for a very long time, that we do not feel that we can get through to the other side, but I believe that we can. And I know this because I have been in reasons and seasons of depression. I've been in places where I could not get out of bed because of the trauma that I had endured from my cancer treatments, from losing family members, and many other stories. And I know that feeling. And while, like I said, I do believe sometimes it can be chronic, I also think that even in those chronic cases, I do not believe in defining ourselves as depressed. Perhaps you could make friends with that side of yourself and still live a high quality life. So let's get to some of the ways that we can rise above the depression, the low point, the turmoil that you're feeling after the trauma that you've endured. And now whether this is trauma from cancer, trauma from losing someone, trauma from losing a piece of yourself, trauma from the fear of losing someone, all of those things are trauma. And so trauma is defined as too much, too quick, too fast. And now most of the things that cause trauma tend to be too much, too quick, too fast. So make no mistake, whatever you have gone through is valid and deserves all of these tips and tricks that I'm about to give you now. 
And I first want to dedicate this episode to the many friends and family whom I love very much, who are going through a lot right now. And so for the listeners and to the friends and family listening, you will get through this and you will come out the other side. So tip number one, give yourself permission to be depressed, to be low, to be in this place of turmoil. And while simple, it is something that we do not talk about enough. There is this place of judgment that, you know, I shouldn't be so depressed. I shouldn't be so sad. I shouldn't be, I should just pull up my bootstraps and I should get going with life. I'm in a rut is a common saying that a lot of people say. And that, that rut that I'm in a rut saying is in essence, a judgment. It's you judging the fact that you are bad and not good. And so rather than being in this place of, I am bad and not good, how could we reframe that to say something along the lines of, I'm in a season where I'm not currently at my best, or I'm currently in a place where I'm requiring more nurturing and more rest. Because depression, if you think about the word, is to be depressed, to be pressed, to feel as if there is a weight on you. And that weight may be causing you a feeling of lethargy, confusion, anger, frustration. You may feel as if you've lost a piece of yourself. You may feel as if your joy may never come back. And so think about what it would be like to carry around 50 extra pounds on your back every single day. Would you not feel depressed? Would you not feel pressed down? Well, that's sort of like what depression feels like. That's sort of like the emotion that comes after some type of trauma. And so would we look down on the person who's carrying around 50 pounds on their back and say, well, you just need to pull up your bootstraps. You just need to work harder. You just need to get out of this rut. No, we would with kindness tell them that, that they could maybe consider taking the backpack off, that they could maybe sitting, consider resting their legs, maybe consider taking a night off and and having that backpack sit the weight off of their back a little while, for a little while so that they can get the strength back to move on. So that's how I invite you to look at this place that you are in now, this depressed feeling without judgment, but instead realizing that you need a little rest. You need a little time. So give yourself permission to feel tired, to, to feel low, to, to be in this place without judgment. And so that brings me to point number two. In moments of intensity, when you're really feeling triggered, when you're really feeling low, and you're in this, this mixing pot of judgment and and feeling completely upset with yourself and, and just ashamed, 
which is a really common feeling, when you're in this place of shame, instead of avoiding it, I, I ask you to allow yourself to feel a percentage of it. And so let me reframe this. Rather than avoiding an emotion, which we all know how that goes, right? If I tell you now to stop thinking about a butterfly, don't think about a butterfly, about a butterfly flapping its wings and flying through the air on a beautiful summer day. I do. I want you to not think about that butterfly. Okay. Can you do it? What happens to that image? It intensifies and it gets stronger. So rather than avoiding depression, sadness, and turmoil, I instead invite you to allow yourself to feel a percentage of it. Maybe you are not in a place where you are ready to feel 100% of that sadness. That's okay. You don't have to. Instead, I invite you to say, can I feel 10% of this right now? Can I allow myself to feel 10% of the sadness that I feel? And perhaps you need to bring somebody in. Perhaps, perhaps it needs to be a psychologist uh, or a psychiatrist or a, a good friend or a trusted person when you feel this 10%. Perhaps the feeling is too intense for even 10%. Or maybe it feels safe in your body to feel 10%. I want you to allow yourself to feel a percentage. And the reason for that is because the reason we avoid pain, which intensifies it, the reason that we avoid it is because we don't like to feel uncomfortable. It is human to not want to feel discomfort. And depression and anxiety are the most uncomfortable feelings on this planet. So what do we do? We avoid it. And so what would it feel like to feel that 10%? That's it. If you, ima if you imagine the volume dial on an, on an old style audio system, and you just, you're just turning it to 10 out of 100. Can you handle that? Absolutely you can. You can handle 10%. Nice soft volume, not blasting and ringing in your ears. You can handle that. And maybe the next day you can feel 12%. Maybe the next day you can only feel 11. And that's okay. But it is in the, the confronting of our emotion, in the allowing of it to just be, creating space for it, that we learn to cultivate the ability to relax into it, the ability to let it go, because we're not gripping to the emotion by avoiding it, because avoidance is fear and fear is gripping. And when you grip to something, you make it worse. And so I don't want that for you. So I want you to begin to feel the emotion at a level that is comfortable for you. And so I have a meditation for this. I'll link it in the show notes. It is called um, stressed, stress rescue uh, meditation. And this one is all about 
giving your giving your body room for it to exist rather than pushing it away. So I invite you to take a look at that. There are other ways as well. So tip number three, I have techniques for you. These techniques are a little easier said than done. And they're the techniques that you read about whenever you Google, how do I get past my my depression? You're going to find a big long list of these. There are things like exercise, meditation, daily journaling, talk therapy, etc., etc., etc. And I will break them all down. And they all sound well and good to the person who's writing them, but to the person who's reading them, they sound impossible. And I respect that. And I want you to know that I see you. And I understand that when you are in a place of fight or flight, these are way easier said than done. And so allow that to be okay while still understanding that these techniques work. They do help. And so I invite you to instead of becoming this zero to hero, instead of saying, I want every single thing and I want to be happy and I'm going to start exercising, meditating and daily journaling and da, 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 da. Instead of doing all that, pick one that sounds palpable. Like you, it might not feel exciting. It might not feel possible, but it feels palpable. It feels like you could, you could try that on for size all the while understanding that the long-term gain of you choosing this item is going to be more peace and serenity for you. It will not be comfortable at first. You will not want to do it. It will not feel right in your body. Try putting that 50 pound backpack on again and saying, why don't you exercise? Like good luck, right? But you might be able to walk 10 steps with that, with that 50 pound backpack. And for you, that might look like five minutes on the treadmill, but you have to start somewhere and it is okay at whatever somewhere that is. Okay. So let's break down some of these. So exercise is a really, really great one. Number one, it is an awesome way to get your head on straight. Oxygenating the tissues of the body actually has a physiological effect on our stress response. That being said, going from not never exercising to an hour and a half does the opposite. It, it stimulates our stress response. Okay. So when I say, when I say exercise, I mean, gentle exercise. I mean, slow exercise. I mean, something enjoyable, like a walk in nature. So not jumping into a hit, hit session and, you know, burning a bunch of calories. That is not what you need right now. Okay. So some nice, gentle exercise, something that feels good. I myself, when I'm feeling really low, enjoy going for a walk in nature. And now that uh, like I'm from a freezing cold province for half the year. So in, when it's freezing cold, I like to throw my uh, laptop on a nature hike. So like I'll go onto YouTube and I'll actually type in nature hike. And that is such a nice way to be visually looking at beautiful nature while walking. So that might be a little tip for you there. Meditation is another one that is really, really great. Now, again, calming your mind, calming your thoughts when you are in an extreme fight or flight response, good luck, right? But 
putting on a nice, slow, guided meditation that is centered around something like trauma, trauma release or calming the nervous system or beautiful visuals. That is again, a little more palpable. And you can start there and slowly get into that process, which can be profoundly healing when you are, when you are needing some help. Another one is daily journaling. So writing a page or two, a paragraph or two of today, I'm feeling really slow. Today, I'm having a difficult time. Today, I feel happy and I'm excited today. It doesn't need to be much, but just a little something that is like a, it's like a check-in with yourself because what we don't realize is that we are running on autopilot all the time and we think that we're in touch with our emotions, but we're in this conscious space of, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this. And the, and the hamster wheel of emotions just sort of runs in the background. And so it isn't until, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it isn't until you have that conversation with that friend or you type out that text or you, you write in that journal that you say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how plain this is, how easy it is to see what is going on here until you type it out. And then you go, oh my gosh, I realized something. So daily journaling is about checking in. It doesn't need to be a long process. It can be something simple. I tend to do a page a day. Um, talk therapy is of course really, really helpful. And we know that. So having a psychologist, a psychiatrist, um, a counselor, a social worker, somebody who you can kind of dive into the depths of that emotion can be very, very helpful because that they are a professional that sits in the room that allows you to move through the emotion that you're moving through in a space that is safe and that you know is guided by somebody who knows exactly what to do. On the other side of the spectrum, there are coaches, people like me, people who can help you to say, this is where I am. And so you're dealing with the talk therapist with, with your actual, with your psychologist for diving into the stuff, but then in conjunction with a coach who says, now, what am I going to do about it? How can I move forward in life? How can I start to change things for the better for myself? Another one that can be absolutely helpful that I talk about a lot in my course is, is it time to, is it time to distract? Is it time to feel, or is it time to get moving? And so asking yourself that question, do you need to be in a place where you need to distract yourself right now? Is it, is it appropriate that at this time that you're not ready to feel it and allowing that distraction to be okay. So rather than, you know, being mad at yourself because you're not doing something to move forward. What if, what if just being in that distraction is you allowing yourself some grace? allowing yourself a period of time to heal. And that distraction could look like doing a puzzle. It could, it could look like um, cleaning the house. It could look like going out with friends. It could look like quite a few things that are unrelated to the feelings that you've been feeling lately to give yourself a mental break. And some other distractions that, that 
are possible are things like scrolling through your phone, um, impulsively shopping, um, you know, binge watching TV, having a drink or two. Those things, although they are distractions, all the while knowing they're not pushing you forward, but sometimes, and I mean, I say sometimes with a really big grain of salt, sometimes you just need to numb. And now this one I use really, really tentatively to say that numbing chronically will cause you more pain. And that's a promise. But every once in a while, you need 10 minutes of just scrolling through your phone because you do not have the capacity to feel this right now. I'm talking 10 minutes and I'm talking once in a while. This is not something that you do all the time because it's not helping you, especially in the long term, for many, many reasons. One of them being that that constant hit of dopamine and pleasure that comes from these from these non-helpful distractions, those those hits can deplete your body's ability to have a nice even keel dopamine. So in the long run, they do not help you. But there are times where numbing is necessary. There are times where 10 minutes scrolling through your phone and, you know, binge watching a movie are just things that you need to do. And that's okay too. I want you to give yourself that grace too, right? Another one that is really helpful and really productive is things like acupuncture, yoga, tai chi, any of those um, energy healing, any of those ones that move the energy or the chi through your body in those stuck places. They can really feel like self-care depending on whether or not any of these are resonating with you. Um, and they can really feel luxurious because they are so unique and they do truly make such a difference for you when you're in a, in a low space. Deep breathing is an excellent, excellent way to slow the nervous system. And that deep breathing is best done through a diaphragmatic breathing. So like lower belly breathing. So the idea is to take the breath in and bring it all the way to your belly so that your belly expands and then push your belly all the way tight so that your belly contracts. And that deep breathing can have an instant effect on the nervous system when you're feeling in this really, really, really heavy and dark place. Another one when you're feeling extreme or chronic anxiety is the five, four, three, two, one method. And what that is, is, um, I do it in a, another meditation, which I'll also link in the show notes, um, called dropping into your body and grounding. That one is about, you see five things. I can't recall it exactly, but five things that you see, four things that you hear, three things that you can touch, things like that. Two things, well, I can't remember. <laughs> and, you know, and then one thing you can taste. And anyway, um, that five, four, three, two, one, what it does is it really brings you into the present moment. So if you're feeling really, 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 really high anxiety or depression, it's a really great one. So I'll link that in the show notes, um, as kind of like a rescue. So if you're really feeling that you can pop that meditation on as well. 
Um, some more long-term techniques that are really, really helpful for changing the brain chemistry in your body so that they are not just acute, which quite a few of these are acute. However, a lot of them can have very long lasting effects and especially with repetition can become really truly what brings you out of it and co completely. They're all very strong on themselves. But some of the really long-term techniques that can rewire the brain are things like subconscious reprogramming, EFT tapping. Um, there's one more. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll remember it and write it down in the show notes. <laughs> um, cognitive behavioral therapy. That's the other one. Cognitive behavioral therapy. That is another really, really great technique. Okay. So there's lots of different techniques in here. Um, if you don't have a piece of pen and a paper, don't worry about it. I will write those in the show notes. And then if any of them glow to you, if any of them sound really good or even just palpable, I want you to start giving them a little bit of a try because although you might not be in a place where you, where you feel that you need them, the first thing to go when you're in fight or flight response is your self care, which is the thing that you most need in those times in fight and flight. So it's about just doing a little bit. Okay. All right, so let's move on. So tip number five is taking a mental health day or two or three or four. One of the worst things that a lot of us do when we're in a place of fight and flight, when we're feeling really low, is we, tr we try to pile on a bunch of things that we think we need to distract ourselves with or we need to move on from, or, you know, we just need to pull up our bruise straps and get some stuff done, you know, re reshape it. But when you're in a really, really low place, it's about being gentle with your needs rather than judgmental. And maybe your needs that day, as I've said before, you know, do you need to distract? Do you need to feel it? Or do you need to get going? Sometimes it's distract. Sometimes it's a day of rest. Sometimes it's watching movies. It's relaxing. And again, understanding that in the long term, those things will not help you. They, if they're constantly in a chronic place, if you're chronically doing them every day, you are not helping yourself. However, in, in times of great stress, you know, PTSD and trauma, we, we sometimes need to give ourselves that grace and have that, have that period of time where you're just resting. You're just allowing it, allowing it all to be a nope. Just nope, nope, not right now. I need a little bit of time to decompress. And, and you'll start to feel that shift if you're cognizant of it. If you allow yourself to sink to the bottom, you'll start to feel that shift of realizing, oh, okay, I think I want to kick off now. I think I want to kick off and float back up. And so then now you can start to do some little techniques, some little things that will help you and moving into some getting busy and making some big changes for yourself. But allow that process to be slow. Because what I can tell you, my friends, is that recovery is not a linear process. It is not a thing that you just do. It is not a thing that you, you know, in the, in the movies where the main character says, I'm going to get my life back together. And then it's just like this beautiful 
experience of one thing after another and and you know and then they do this and they do that and then and then it seemed a little hard but then they do it better and then and then they start having successes and then suddenly they're a master at the thing that they said that they were going to do life's not like that <laughs> it is not like that it is up and down it is messy it is crazy it is all of those things and especially when you're coming back from this really low place expect it to be even messier so allow that to be um, a combination of I need a mental health day followed by I am ready to do some techniques followed by you know I'm really good right now all of those things and just allow it all to be really really messy because it's that's what it's gonna be okay um, the next point that I have for you which I actually think is point number five not um, point number six but anyway um, I changed the order a little bit as I was talking um, the next point that I have for you is trying some natural remedies for calming, calming the nervous system and adding in more sleep. So these really come in hand in hand. Um, there are an abundance of natural remedies that are really, really, really helpful. Um, not to mitigate the use of medications, um, of all of these all of these drugs that have been created for people in 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 extreme circumstances um, that can be absolutely extremely helpful um, however if you are not at that point and you're not wanting that in your life yet or if you're wanting to support um, the efficacy of those drugs then there are lots of natural remedies that can be used that are helpful, that are synergistic with, with medications, that are helpful without medications on their own, especially in therapeutic doses. There's all kinds of really great stuff out there. And although I do have training in this area, um, I hesitate to blanket statement and say, use this, use that, use this, because I don't know what your medications are. I don't know what your health is like. So I won't, I will not list them here. Um, but I do recommend getting an, getting a hold of a reputable naturopathic doctor or herbologist and getting connected with them and telling them what your medications and health history are and, and, and bringing some of those natural remedies into your life because I know that they have been wildly helpful and successful for me during my journey. And that brings me to my final tip. And I, I, would, I would argue is the most important tip that I have for you today. And that is that finding a community Isolating is the number one thing that we do when we are in fight or flight. We shut down, we wanna be alone. We don't want to burden people or talk about it or feel that shame, be seen for a vulnerability, ask for help. We don't wanna do those things. And it's a, it's a crying shame that we were taught that we weren't allowed or um, that it wasn't all right for us to has, ask for help because our sadness, our low moments, our places of, of darkness um, were to be not shown. Um, but that narrative is slowly changing and I'm really hopeful for the future generations. But that being said, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a very good chance that you are within my generation or earlier, which means that you have been taught that it's not okay to show your emotions. 
And so for that, number one, I'm so sorry that you were taught that. And I hope that in the future, we can teach the, f- the future generations a better narrative. Um, but also it's bullshit and it's not how you should be living when you're in a place of sadness. Being in isolation is going to make it worse. We are wired. Humans are wired for connection. We are meant to have connection. And so I can hear a lot of you in my head saying, um, well, it must be nice. The reason I'm depressed is because I'm, is because I'm lonely, because I have no community. And what I would say to you is this, there is many places where this community is available to you. You just haven't seeked it out yet. And I want that for you. I want you to seek it out. There are plenty of communities. I myself create a community within my Embody Your Remission, Embody You course. There is a great chance for community there. There is one-on-one coaching with me, and that is where I become your community and your specific confidant and friend. There are multiple communities that can be done through your local mental health outreach centers. There are lots of opportunities for community in ways that aren't mental health based, that are volunteering or helping with something, or they are connecting with a singles group or connecting with whatever group, creating change in the world, joining a cause. Although those things may not feel easy to you right now, they are going to make the bigger, biggest difference. Having community is what pulls us out of this place of sadness and depression. And so the next time that someone offers you help, take it. Thank them. Even before your mind can say, no, I should be ashamed, type the words, thank you. (laughs) Yes, please. Or, you know, answer that phone and say, yes, I'm in. Thank you. And so taking that in and allowing that to be okay. Um, And if you, and if you're, and if no one's offering it, it's about seeking it out. Okay, so let's, let's re-go through those steps again, because I've thrown a lot at you, um, but I will type them out as well. So number one is giving yourself to permission to feel depressed, to feel low, to feel in this space where you're just, you're not okay right now, and that's okay. So dropping the judgment. Number two is in moments of intensity, try not to avoid the emotion, but instead allow yourself to feel a percentage of it. Number three is follow with some techniques that I have, that I will have listed um, in any capacity that you can, whether it is a small little bite-sized version of it that slowly grows or if it's something that you join in and a friend with, or it's something that I haven't listed here that sounds really palpable. Number four is take a mental health day, two or three. Allow yourself to have a bed day, to have 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 a nope day, to go on a vacation, to not go to work for a couple of days. Whatever it is that you need to do to give yourself a little bit of break and grace, especially if you're you're in a really traumatic place, I want you to allow yourself that. 
Number five is try natural remedies for calming the nervous system, which will aid in you being able to have more sleep, which I didn't talk about much, um, but sleep is, is honestly, that's how we get through things. That's how we process. And so when you're not in a place of sleep, you are of getting adequate sleep, then you're not going to be able to process the things that you need to process to get to the other side right? So it is important that you're getting adequate sleep through whatever means necessary. Um, and that's something that I talk about a lot in my course as well. Sleep is just, it's king. And finally, number six is find a community, whether you have to source it out yourself or whether it's about allowing the people who say that they want to help you to help you. And so I'll close with this. If you are in a really, really depressed place, if you're in a really, really low place, please, please find help. Find someone to, to, that you trust um, or somebody who is a professional who can give you a softer place to land. You do not have to do this on your own. And um, of course, if you're in a place where you want to harm yourself, then make sure that you are speaking with a professional right away um, to help get those thoughts um, to a place of equilibrium because that's no way to live as well. And know that, that everybody struggles, that we all go through reasons and seasons in our lives that are absolutely impossible. And so I love that saying, and I'll close with the saying, this too shall pass. And it's because it will. I know this is awful. I know that where you are is really, really awful. And, and I'm sorry that you're there. But the sun will rise again, and this too shall pass. And you will rise above. You are stronger than you know. And so all my love, reach out anytime. I'm available and connect with the people that you love. Thank you so much for listening. If you found expansion with this last episode, then that means that others will too. And the best way to get the word out about the podcast is by leaving a review. I would be so grateful if you could leave me a review and let me know how you felt about the podcast. Included in the show notes will be everything that we talked about today, including all of my transformative programs. Change is just on the horizon, my friend.